0: (laughs) Podcast Fresh What's going on, everybody? Chris Torres of the Podcast Fresh Network here with Podcast Fresh Café, show number 52. And uh, this one's going to be what I like to refer to as a solo espresso. I think uh, Ryan Pacman's still in La La Land. Uh, Not the La La Land that he would prefer, but the sleepy kind. Um, So I'll be taking the reins today. Uh, We got some topics to talk about. Uh, We'll get into that in a second. First, we got to see how you guys are doing. How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody's doing all right. You know, we got that hurricane going down, down in Florida. Just, um, you know, if anybody lives down there, just I'm sending you guys my best. And uh, just a really, really shitty situation. And hopefully everybody uh, makes it out all right uh, down there. For the rest of the country, especially in the northeast, we live in here in, up in Canada in Toronto. We have received some of that weather, but it's just, it's residual. I mean, I'm not going to say anything like we got a hurricane or anything like that, but... We did have some crappy weather. We had about four, five, six days of rain last week. This week, it's kind of cleared up a little bit, but now we're kind of settling into uh, fall weather. But, uh, yeah, just uh, sending out our best to, uh, to our listeners down in those parts of, uh, of the country. Um, what else? My goodness. Coolio's dead. He died. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, we'll uh, share some memories of of Coolio um and then we also I also went Ryan went there as well to a killers concert down here in the city in Toronto on uh, just back on the 19th and uh, we'll just talk I'll just talk a little bit about that briefly the plugs podcast fresh on Instagram Facebook YouTube you can go on there give us a quick follow give us a quick like check out the stuff on there um, the main hub is Instagram, so if you want to go on there, everything gets copied and reposted onto Facebook. And on YouTube, I've been slacking, but uh, there will be, uh, once I get into a rhythm of things, I'll start uploading some of the smaller shows up there uh, just to open up an avenue of uh, visibility for some of y'all y'all YouTubers. The YouTube, the YouTube sector. That's uh, my fake English accent there. Um, it's pretty good, by the way, and I know this because uh, I have an English friend who admits that it's a horrible accident. It's not even close at all. PodcastFresh2020 at gmail.com. That's the the mailbag email. You can shoot us an email there if you have any questions, and uh, we'll answer them, and uh, we'll feature some of them on here. So let's start off with uh, Rest in Peace Coolio, Memories of Coolio. Uh, Coolio, the rapper. For some of you younger fans, uh, you might not even know who he is. Uh, but he, uh, you know, became, I guess, very, very famous off of the uh Gangster's Paradise album, but specifically the uh Gangster's Paradise song, which became uh iconic and just blew up all over the place uh following the um the release of Dangerous Minds, which was kind of the uh the Michelle Pfeiffer movie. Uh, you've seen it done a million times by now, but it's basically the uh. Brand new white girl teacher in the hood school and she doesn't belong and nobody wants her there. And, you know, very kind of cookie cutterish in terms of story. But for its time, like the movie was pretty, pretty bomb. And uh, I enjoyed watching that movie as a kid. Uh, But of course, Michelle Pfeiffer goes there and she meets some of the kids and she wants to help some of the ones that really want to get an education and get out of the hood and do all kinds of like really good things. And that song was uh, featured in there. And then, of course, the Gangsters Paradise uh, music video with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in it, where she is uh, very sort of iconic part of that video is where she's sitting, she's sitting on that chair, kind of like the chair facing the opposite direction, so she's sitting, leaning on the, on the back as uh, Coolio's rapping. You hear the music, so very, very, uh, very, very. It's such a '90s staple. Like anytime I think of Coolio and Gangsters Paradise. I, I think of the 90s. I think of the mid-90s. I think about being a 10, 11-year-old kid and uh, just riding my bike around and just having all these different songs in my head. I had a, uh, a uh, I don't even know if it was a Sony Walkman, a Walkman. It was a, a tape device, portable tape device that you would plug in a three, mil, three and a half millimeter, uh, uh, you know, aux uh, headphones. Into the jack, and you would put batteries into these things, and you might get maybe an hour or two of listening time. And this is all wired, of course. And I'd be, uh, that thing would be in my pocket or whatever on my bike, and I would just go around uh, listening to all these songs, just songs that middle, sort of middle crust of the 90s. Uh, Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. I have uh, just vivid memories of just riding my bike around uh, my neighborhood listening to that. But Gangster's Paradise was also. Uh, one of the staples of that time. I was a huge listener. Uh, I loved listening to the radio, which I would eventually go and study radio, but there was a radio station here in Toronto called AM640, and there was a guy on there named Tarzan Dan, who you guys, I'm not even trying to like minimize or anything like that. It's just, I mean, we're speaking to a lot of people here, who and a lot of you young ones have, might have any idea who Tarzan Dan is, but he is a uh, uh, he's a lot of things but he's a photographer as well now but uh he was a dj on the radio at the time and i just remember he would have all these different countdown shows and it's it's wild because the radio station would have like multiple countdown shows throughout the day it was it was crazy i can't remember exactly but it it was like throughout the same day it would be like the top 6 at 6 and then it'd be followed by like the the hot the top 10 at 10 or whatever you know and then the top 12 at 12 and it would just be like different gimmicks to, to, to play the music. And that is how I got exposed to music, uh, is through the radio. Uh, and I would tune into these, uh, top tens and top twelves and top sixes at six. And I, it was cool because it was like top 40 music, but you'd have a nice combination of different styles in there. You'd have like a Coolio in there followed by like a, a Madonna song followed by like a Maybe even like a like a low tempo, or, uh, tempo like Soundgarden song. Uh, Beck, I remember hearing Beck on there. Uh, Loser, you know, that's all from that era, you know, and that's kind of the music that stuck with me. But uh, yeah, Coolio was definitely on there. And the the interesting thing about Coolio is it, sometimes he gets featured on these like um, one-hit wonder kind of videos, and that is completely incorrect because Gangster's Paradise came out on his second album, he had already, he had already released um, his debut album before that, and uh, that one that's what the uh, "Fantastic Voyage" song or uh, "Fantastic Voyage" however you want to say it, uh, which was a really uh, good tune and uh, you know had samples uh, from a previous song. I'm forgetting who, but it was like from the early '80s or late '70s, I believe. But uh, that was a co- cool tune. And then of course he had other songs like one, two, three, four. That was a good tune as well. That was kind of like a very danceable, like one, two, three, four, get your woman on the floor. Like it was, it was a it was a cool song. I liked it. And then of course there was a slower tempo, uh, too hot. And the thing with Coolio is this guy was not a gimmick. He was a gangster. Um, and uh, so you know, he wasn't one of these guys that uh that it was just a gimmick, and when he got home, he kind of put the gimmick on the coat hanger and put it away. Like, he really was a gangster. And uh, even until, uh, I remember hearing about Coolio, like, several years back, where I think he he was, like, stopped at an airport or something, and, like, him and his posse. And because uh, I guess they found a bag with, like, guns inside of them. And so, uh, I'm trying to remember. Let me see if I can just find it here. Let me just go into his Wikipedia page. Hold on. Okay, off the Wikipedia page here under uh, legal issues. So there's two. Well, there's three here, but I'll, I'll, we'll just go through them just since we're talking about Coolio. In 1998, a court in uh, near Stuttgart sentenced Coolio to six months probation and fined him $17,000 after, excuse me, after convicting him of an accessory to robbery and causing uh, bodily injury. In 2016, Coolio and members of his crew were, this is it, for having a loaded firearm, Okay, so it was just one firearm inside of a book bag at Los Angeles International Airport. The bag was flagged by the Transportation Security Administration. That sounds cool. I work for the Transportation Security Administration. Say that six times. So the TSA, he's pricks. As the group attempted to pass through a security checkpoint, one of his bodyguards claimed ownership of the bag. Nice. Uh, but witnesses state, stated that it belonged to Julio himself. Okay, witnesses. Coolio was sentenced to three years of probation and 45 days of community service. So there you go. That's the story there. In 2017, Coolio was denied entry into Singapore upon landing at uh, Changi International Airport. Pretty sure I said that right. Singapore's Immigration and Checkpoints Authority, not as cool of a name, uh, declined to comment on the reason for the denial, citing reasons of confidentiality. Who knows what they found? Coolio had been traveling from Beijing to uh, Singapore to perform at a Formula One uh, concert event. So, this is, uh, you know, and I'm not celebrating this. I'm just simply saying that, you know, for, for, for a guy that's, you know, gangster's paradise and things like that, you take a look at his breadth of work and it really, he really was, it wasn't a gimmick. It really was the lifestyle uh, for him. Coolio had six children, married uh, Jos- Josefa, Josefa Salinas in 1996, and they divorced in 2000. Damn, six kids. Uh, Coolia was the running mate for pornographic actress uh, Ch- uh, Shirley DeVille, uh, Democratic presidential run in uh, 2020. I'm we'll gonna have to check that out after we're done here. Wait, what? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, his death came, uh, I'm not. While at a friend's Los Angeles house on September 28, 2022, Coolia was discovered unresponsive on a bathroom floor. Um, he was pronounced dead by first responders. He was 59 years old at the time of his death. Police have opened an investigation into his death, though foul play is not suspected, and Julio's manager stated that he appeared to have suffered cardiac arrest. Celebrities including Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, Martin Lawrence, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Keenan Thompson, Kel Mitchell, L. Cool J., Melissa Joan Hart, yeah, the list goes on and on, MC Hammer, all of his contemporaries, Bret Michaels, Denzel Curry, LeBron James. Yeah, because we got to get LeBron in there to see what he thinks. Uh, Pay tribute to Coolio following his death. Uh, studio album discography. He released uh, eight albums, including uh, seven albums, and uh, one greatest hits. Four, five, six, seven, eight, seven seven, eight. Seven albums, one greatest hits. Chuck Testa. Uh, it Takes a Thief, Gangster's Paradise in 95. That's the one that blew him up. Then he released My Soul. And after that, I kind of didn't really listen to Coolio, although I did see him pop up and things. Coolio.com. El Cool, Magnifico in 02. In 06, The Return of the Gangsta. In 08, Steel Here. Steel Here, like he stole something. And in 2009, From the Bottom to the Top. So those were his last albums there. And um, I like, I know he popped in music, and music in movies. Uh, he was actually in, uh, I, th- I want to say it was like Batman Forever. Batman and Robin, I'm looking at it right there. Batman and Robin, I didn't see it at first. He played Jonathan Crane as, uh, but he's credited as banker. So if you guys go into that uh, really horrible movie and uh, take a look at that part. And I believe, I could be wrong, I think he was one of those, he was like the leader of those guys on rollerblades with with the hockey sticks. <laughs> yeah, it's as stupid as it sounds. I'm pretty sure he was part of, the, part of those guys. I haven't seen Batman and Robin. Uh, I can't even remember because I suffer from uh, PTSD from watching that piece of shit. And so I couldn't, I might have watched it last night. <laughs> it's already like, you know what I'm saying? So Jonathan Crane there, credited as Banker from Batman and Robin, but he was in a bunch of other stuff. Leprechaun in the Hood, I have a strange recollection of like watching that movie back in the day. Uh, tons of other stuff. He was in the movie Perfume. If you guys have never seen Perfume, I, uh, wait a minute, it's a different Perfume, Never mind. It's a different Perfume, so disregard. That one is from uh, 2001. Um and he was also in Daredevil. I didn't know this. And it's the Daredevil that Ryan and I like. It's the 2003 Daredevil with um, uh, Jennifer Garner and uh, ben, ben, ben Affleck. I was going to say Ben Stiller. <laughs> hey, imagine Ben Stiller as Daredevil. That's not, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if anybody knows, Ben Stiller, is uh, he got pretty shredded. You guys remember him. And generally, he's pretty shredded. But uh, in Tropic Thunder, the motherfucker was just a tank. But Daredevil there, he plays Dante Jackson, and it is in the director's cut version of the film only. Oh, interesting. So it didn't make it onto the main one. I gotta double check my library because I'm pretty my DVD library, because I'm pretty sure I owned, I'm pretty sure I own Daredevil, but I don't know which version. So I'll have to check that one out. Daredevil, you know, it had its share of uh critics back in the day, but I always enjoyed it. My only critique of that film is that. He, he Daredevil just gets his ass kicked from like the beginning, like opening moments of that movie, from like most of it, just getting his ass ripped. Um, but overall, a, a good movie, and I believe it's Michael Clark Duncan who plays the uh, the pinball or pinhead, whatever the fuck his name is, somewhere out there. Someone's laughing at me, Kingpin. Jesus Christ, yeah. So uh, check out Daredevil. You want to check out Coolio as Dante Jackson, director's cut version only. So just something to uh, to keep in mind there. And then going down the list here there's a bunch of other ones that you guys might have heard of but not but I have never seen them uh, Dracula 3000 um, G- Dracula 3000 three days to Vegas in 2007 um, and then just a bunch of other movies where he just played himself in fact like his last five or six roles he was just himself so uh there you go and over on TV he had uh, done some stuff as well appearing on shows like VIP. Is that the Pamela Anderson one? Yes, it is. In 1998, he appeared in an episode of VIP. Uh, and then uh, Early Edition, Malcolm and Eddie in an episode. Futurama, he was in two episodes doing the voice of uh, Kwanzaa Bot. He was in an episode of Charmed. Joey, for uh, for you Friends fans. Is that the Joey? It is. It's the uh, Matt LeBlanc show. He was in an episode, as himself, in the episode Joey and the Poker. So, For uh, you friends, guys, you guys, uh, you guys can check that one out. And one that I never watched, but Coolio's Rules. It's a reality TV show on much more about Coolio and his family produced by Oxygen Studios. Coolio's Rules focuses on Coolio and his family living in L.A. The master rapper tries to balance being a musician, a bachelor looking for love, an entrepreneur, yada, yada. And there's more, but I don't want to read it. But there you go. Coolio's Rules. That was in 2008. And then... Uh, he kind of tapered off after 08, 09, and then he had a couple different roles here before, uh, having his last credit as, uh, on Let's Be Real, uh, is an American presidential themed comedy puppet show, that sounds interesting, that premiered on Fox on April 29, 2021. The series is based on the French show, uh, Les Goulinois, I'm pretty sure I said that right, uh, that is incorrect, are you stupid, you do not know the French language, uh, but that was his last that was his last credit there this is cool though awards and nominations he received the a bunch of grammy noms uh, in 95 for uh, Fantastic Voyage so there you go for anybody calling him a one hit wonder he was grammy nominated before he even made Gangster's Paradise in 96 Gangster's Paradise he was nominated for record of the year but he won the award for best rap solo and in 1997 uh, he picked up uh, best rap album uh, excuse me, nominated for Best Rap Album, nominated for 1, 2, 3, 4 uh, for Best Rap Solo, and then Stomp, also nomination for Best RM. So all to say, he won the Best Rap Album in 1996 for Gangster's Paradise, and then over on the MTV Music Awards, uh, he won the Best Rap Video and Best, Best Video from a Film. That's that Michelle Pfeiffer one. He won both of those uh, only losing out in the viewers choice award which is too bad he was nominated in that one and then he also won for the One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four is a dopey like danceable tune i would recommend you you all uh, go out there and check that out so that's coolio rest easy coolio uh, i'm gonna check out some coolio maybe tomorrow on the uh drive to work but uh there you go rest in peace coolio and uh that music that music is legendary and I hope with the six kids that he's got, I hope that uh, everybody streams a shit out of his music and uh, we can get some, uh, let's get those kids paid. All right, Julio, rest easy. And uh, real quick, I checked out the call, the Killers, yeah, the Callers, the Killers concert on September 23. They came down here to the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Excellent show. Uh, by this point, I'm beginning to lose track how many times I've seen them. I wanna say like six, seven times, maybe eight. I have to really like sit down and write it down. And I should, because I'm 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 kinda of like a, a geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like I wanna know like how many times did I go? Uh, they are my favorite band in the whole world. They played an awesome set. They went about a buck forty five, two hours, but just like nonstop. You know, it's not like some of these groups that uh, they take, you know, a six minute water break and a ten minute, you know, talking to the crowd and all this bullshit. It's just, it's a party from like beginning to end. They disappear for about five minutes and then they come back and they do the uh, the encore gimmick. But really, really good show. They played a lot of music from uh, most of their albums, including some of the newer stuff. Um, but really, really good concert. Uh, they didn't play The Man, which I know Ryan wasn't too happy about because that's one of his favorite tunes from The Killers. But it was also Ryan's second time uh, coming to watch The Killers. <laughs> and it's so funny because like, I, I've been slowly, like, not even on purpose, but I've been slowly turning, like, everybody around me to, like, a Killers fan. <laughs> and so, like, for the last two or three, I've been bringing my sisters with me. Uh, so this one I got to bring along, both of my brothers-in-law. So Ryan's my brother-in-law and my other brother-in-law, Leo, he uh, came to the show. And he, I think he really enjoyed it. He's a big, like, uh, Depeche Mode fan, sort of like the Smiths, sort of that kind of sound from, like, the 80s, Morrissey, all that shit. Uh, synth rock, synth pop. I mean, he listens to a bunch of other stuff, but so I said to him like, "You're gonna really, really enjoy this, and you're gonna really, really see like the influence of like the and people like that on the Killers, because they are influences on uh, on uh, Brandon Flowers." But uh, really, really good show, and uh, man, it's always uh, anytime I finish watching a show like that, I always say to myself, because you know it's real life, and anything can happen, right? Is that the last time I've ever seen them live, you know? Uh, and definitely, hopefully not. But I purchased these tickets in July of last year. So it was like a 14-month wait. And, man, a lot of things changed in my life during those 14 months. But it was good to get out there again and going to the Killers and, and in this post-pandemic world that we're living in and just enjoy uh, a night out. 15 fucking dollar beers a side because that's how much they cost. Jesus, $15 for a draft beer. And that's not even like the biggie size one, right? That's like the, the, the medium, right? Like the the three or 400 milliliter one. No, it's not 300. That's not fair. It's about 450 milliliters. Because 300, 350 would be like the size of a small pop can. It's bigger than that. So it's about 400 milliliters, right? And that's the medium. And that's about $15, $16 Canadian here, right? And of course, don't forget to tip. Got that tip function on there. And so... And that's maybe about twelve bucks American, maybe eleven. At the rate our fucking dollars going at, but uh, yeah. And then the biggie size one. The biggie size one is maybe five hundred and fifty milliliters, six hundred and fifty milliliters. That one came out to, uh, I think nineteen bucks, and about twenty one because I, you know, I I tipped a guy a couple dollars. Uh, That's about fifteen U.S. That's nuts. That's nuts for a draft beer like it's not even like the can you know what i'm saying it's just like you know but uh good concert and uh can't wait to see them again if you guys haven't checked out the killers it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're if you're a huge fan of those or not what i always say is they're one of the best rock shows in the world currently right now not saying that they're the best band in the world although to me they are but i'm not saying that they are because everything like that is subjective and it's arguable and yada yada but from point A to point B, one of the best shows uh, that, that you can watch. I would bring even a casual person would enjoy. It. In fact, I actually I invited my dad because I had like an extra ticket to come to the show, and I'm like, "Yo, pops, come to the show." Oh, I don't want to. Yeah. Okay, all right. fuck off then. Don't come to the show. All right. So he sat at home and sulked. But uh, really, really good show, and can't wait till uh, till they come back uh, again. Alright, let's flip over to the mailbag. If you want to send us a note, we are at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. Send us a, a question, a comment, a note. We'll get back to you and we'll feature some of them on here because it honestly gives us shit to talk about. Um, so let's see what we have here. Um, I recently had to hold on a second. I recently had to purchase uh, I recently had to purchase a car and was surprised when they told me that the CD player would be an upgrade. <laughs> I'm 45 years old and been listening to CDs from the 90s onward. I didn't realize how much I've changed over. I've, I haven't. I have I didn't realize how much I've changed over to all streaming. Made me reminisce the days of CDs at their peak. What were some of the first CDs you guys remember buying? Scott from Florida. Oh, Scott. Hope you're doing okay, buddy. We were just talking. I was just talking about Florida in a segment earlier. Um, but I hope everything's uh, okay over there. And uh, and that you guys are safe and okay. Okay. Um, But yeah, no, uh, first CDs, I have said this before in a previous cafe, I was a tape kid. I was born in 83, so like by 92, 93, when I really started getting into music to the point of like buying albums and things like that, I was was in the tape phase. And so some of the earliest tapes that I remember actually buying were... um, (laughs) No, this is yeah, this is right around that time. My parents bought me, this is ridiculous. My parents bought me Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, <laughs> on tape, the soundtrack. And uh, I'm just gonna go over here right now. You guys won't feel it's gonna I'm gonna edit it, but I'm just gonna quickly check out what what was on there. Hold on. All right, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, the original motion picture soundtrack. I just want to take a look at, uh, I just want to take a look here at the song listing. So obviously I remember Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice. I believe that's the one that's featured in the movie where the turtles are in the nightclub fighting the baddies and then like they, they crash through a wall and they end up on the dance floor and then they're doing this choreographed nonsensory. sensory uh, And then the rest of the songs, I, they're all there. I don't know. I've heard of Tribal House, but aside from that, nothing else really comes to mind. Uh, Tribal House is kind of like house music I remember seeing them uh, I believe they're in one of the dance mix albums That I have also might have picked up as a kid But I got that on tape So that was one of the first ones that I got Uh, Okay, you guys are going to laugh at this My parents, also when they were buying me tapes They actually picked up a copy of Vanilla Ice (laughs) I think it was called To the Extreme or To the Limit Let me just double check that right now Robert Matthew Van Winkle Yeah, so there he goes He's Mr. Vanilla Ice and let me just see if I can go over to his album here. To the Extreme, it was called. This one actually dropped in uh, September 3, 1990. So that was one of the first. So there you go. So that would have been. I don't know if my parents bought it for me like right away. But it would have been in that year because Ninja Turtles 2, I believe, dropped in 1991. And Vanilla Ice is 1990. So it would have been like very, very similar, similar time. And I'm sure there were a few more other tapes that I'm forgetting right now, but those are like the first ones that were purchased for me. Then I started buying tapes for myself like a few years after that uh, in 93, 94. I was maybe 12 or 13 years old. I picked up uh, Jacket Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Um, I believe I picked up the very first Big Shiny Tunes 2. You guys remember the Big Shiny Tunes albums? If you grew up here in Canada, they were all over the place. Like they were really like, Think of it like the dance mixes, but this was like a, this was made by a company called Much Music, so it's kind of like the Canadian version of uh, of MTV here in Canada. And they released these they would release these mix albums. They weren't mixed, but it was just like a mix of different uh, 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 bands and songs and stuff like that. And I remember picking this one up. And the cool thing about these albums is uh, it was just a combination of like different bands, and so. I would buy these, and being like a new fan to music and tapes like that, the nice thing about stuff like this is uh, you would buy it and maybe only recognize like maybe four of like the 18 songs, but by the end of it, you'd you'd enjoy a different other thing and really get into it. And I remember when I bought this album, like I think it's so hard to go back like 30 years and try to remember what I what I really bought it for, but... I remember a Bush X. Bush X was a really, really popular band. They eventually lost the X and went straight to Bush. Um, But uh, yeah, Bush was on there. That's the band with uh, Gavin Rossdale. Uh, Garbage, I was a big fan of Garbage. Uh, They had a song called Queer on there. Uh, Marilyn Manson. I was a Marilyn Manson fan because my cousin Mike... Uh, actually introduced me to Marilyn Manson so that's how I got into Manson but my mom was like so crazy and like oh he's gonna listen to Marilyn Manson and then go become like an asshole and he's Antichrist and all this stuff so I had to like I had to like keep the Marilyn Manson on the the DL right or if I played it I had to like lower the volume so like my mom wouldn't get all too crazy about it but my mom was just being stereotypical overprotective, a Latina mom, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I must have bought it for Bush X. I, Mother Earth, Canadian band. uh, They had that song, One More Astronaut. That was a good one. And No Doubt, Just a Girl. I mean, these are some fucking classic songs, right? Red Hot Chili Peppers, Aeroplane, another classic, right? So uh, these were all in there. Um, And then when I got into this uh, and then moist moist is on here moist is another great uh Canadian band uh, with the lead singer I'm forgetting the guy's name oh, and it's killing me but uh, moist was another band that was big in the 90s and uh, then the dude from moist would end up he went solo after that and had a couple more really good bangers too um I like moist and I I could be I'm just talking a lot I think I might have heard like they had gone back together' or thinking about I don't know but that would be a good band to uh to go check out. Yeah, if I'm 40, if I'm 39, these guys have to be like 60, 60, 60 maybe? 50? I don't know. Maybe they're in my, who knows. But uh, that'd be a good one to uh, to check out again. Also, and then songs that I wasn't used to. Sloan is on here. Radiohead was on here. Um, the Foo Fighters. I I I knew who uh, Dave Grohl was because I was an Nirvana fan by this point or was getting into Nirvana. And again, Nirvana, Marilyn Manson. Uh, And Our Lady Peace. I got into those three bands because of my cousin Mike. So I got into those guys. And then Foo Fighters here was, of course, Dave Grohl's own band. So Dave Grohl, the drummer for Nirvana, once they disbanded after the death of Kurt Cobain, Dave Grohl then uh, jumps over and he he, he creates the Foo Fighters and he makes the first album by the Foo Fighters. All the instruments, I believe this is the way it goes, all the instruments and, and all the vocals are obviously all done by Dave Grohl. Like He makes that whole thing together, which is pretty incredible. Um, also, Beck is on here with Novacane. I had heard of Beck from previously listening to it a few years back on a Tarzan Dan's show. On uh, I listened to a Loser by Beck. And oh, who else is on here? Pluto, The Killjoys, Better Than Ezra, Fun Loving Criminals porno for pyros, right? And that rounds out the album. But so yeah, I was a uh, big fan of these uh, tapes. So I picked up the Big Shiny Tunes tape, and I believe by the time Big Shiny Tunes 2 came, I switched over to uh to CDs. But yeah, so those are the tapes that I remember. I uh, gosh, and I think I you know what's funny is I kept I kept these albums. Like I kept these these uh these tapes for like the longest time, and you know what's crazy? I might have them like in a box somewhere. And if I find them, I'll take a picture and I'll put it up on the, uh, on the Instagram. I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two other tapes, but one of those tapes was cool. Yo gangsters paradise. Um, I picked that one up on tape as well. Again, just uh, I, I like the movie. I like the song. And as those days, if you like the song, even if you don't recognize anything else on the soundtrack, chances are you're going to pick up the album. So I picked up Gangster's Paradise, but not the soundtrack. I picked up the entire Coolio album. And that's how I know like one, two, three, four and too much or whatever it's called. Uh, too hot. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me connecting this question to that, but it's, it's just funny how that works, right? Cause it's, that's what I mean. This is all from that middle nineties period. Um, but yeah, and if I find some more tapes, I'll let you guys know, but I think that that's enough. Hopefully, and, uh, maybe we'll get some memories from Ryan. I don't think Ryan ever picked up any tapes, but, uh, in terms of, uh, CDs, I was a, I was, um, uh, what was that? I, I was, I joined Columbia house and so you could get, like, 12 CDs for, like, a penny or something like that. And with the promise that you'd have to buy, like, six or seven in, like, five years or something like that. I, I never lived up to that under the contract. Like, nobody else did, all right? But you would get these catalogs, and it would have all the album work. Like, it'd be, like, a like a two- or three-pager. And it would just have all the album covers. So as a kid, I would just stare at all the albums, right? Like, wow, look how cool it is. And... uh I would pick up albums from there. I don't remember some of the first ones that I got, but um, I remember I picked up uh, Aerosmith's uh, big ones. That was like Aerosmith's like greatest hits album. I picked up that one. Um, TLC had an album at that time. Crazy Sexy Cool. It might have been called the Red one. I picked up that one. Um, so yeah, man, my music tastes have always been all over the place, but I've always enjoyed all of that stuff. Um, and then, and then, like I said, I switched over to Big Shiny Tunes on CD. Um, just tons of stuff. Michael Jackson history. I believe my my parents bought me that on tape, right but all of this stuff blends together. so I know you asked for CDs, but I just give you a little little history there on tapes and CDs. if I think of more I'll mention them but yeah so those are the ones that uh that I kind of recall. And then, you know, after that, once I started... Once I got into high school, like, 97, uh, you know, shit was on. Like, by that point, I was working my little part-time job. So every week, I would just go into the, the music store, see what was new, see what was popping. You would have, like, the wall of, like, the top 20 CDs of the week or whatever. You'd be like, wow, look at all this cool stuff. And, you know, you'd grab two or three, but you knew you could only afford maybe one or two, right? And then you'd come back the next week to see what else was new, but... Man, it was such a cool time to be a music fan. So um, streaming is like super convenient, super great that I can just get into my car tomorrow and load up Spotify and I can just crank up Big Shiny Tunes 2 or, you know, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, all that good stuff. But uh, there was just something cool about holding the albums and pulling out the artwork. And this is weird, but I used to smell the booklets and the paper. There was a certain smell to the way the way that ink rested on that paper. And some artists would, like, shell out for, like, the really good, like, stock card paper, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and some some albums would have, like, the books that, like, opened up into, like, a little poster or, like, a little accordion style, like, a little banner. It was cool, man. Like, people really, really took their time with it. Uh, artists would hire, like, professional photographers to take pictures to specifically release indie albums, man. It was cool. Like, it's just different. Like, I know now when you buy an album digitally, like, they send you a PDF of the artwork. and It's not the same. It's just not the same. So, uh, yeah, let's get on with that because otherwise we're going to take the entire show just talking about the music. Question number two. What IP would you like to see uh, be turned into a Lego game? Lee from Vancouver. Uh, Yeah, I think we answered this one already. Am I crazy here? Okay, but that's okay. You know, you sent it. Uh, Ryan put together the mail back this week. Um, you know what? For me, I've only played a few of the Lego games, and Ryan, I think he's played a few of them. But and I could be misquoting him, but he told he doesn't like these games. He doesn't like them. I've told him. I think it, well, we had this conversation a couple, maybe one or two months back when one of the uh, Lego games was released as a uh, PlayStation Plus freebie game, and I said to him, "Okay, going to be playing it," and it was kind of like, "Nah, not not my thing." Blah 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 blah. blah. And I think I said to him, wow, because, like, it's such, like, a collector's game in terms of, like, there's so much shit to do and collect. And I know that um, uh, some of the trophies are, like, really infuriating to get. But, uh, no, he's he's not really into those games. I like him. I got exposed to those games because uh, my nephews played a few of them. I think they, they had maybe one or two of the Avengers games, a Captain America game. I could be flubbing it, but you get it. And uh, I just had fun with it. Like, it's one of those games, like, it's just... If you're going through something or you just want to like kill 15 minutes while you wait for your, uh, your Uber to go down to the pub, um, then it's a it's a, it's a cool little time to have. And they're cute games, man. I love the, Le- the Lego Batman movie. So good. I would rank the Lego Batman movie above uh, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Like that's how much I like that Lego Batman movie. It's such a cute little movie. And I should make a note to myself. I should probably get that on Blu-ray. But anyway, YIP, would you like to be turned into a Lego game? Fuck yeah. Let's have fun with this one. I would like to... You know the show The Office? I would like to see The Office turned into a Lego game. I think that'd be great. You know, maybe you're just Jim and Michael and you're going on like little missions to... To who knows what you know, like pick your poison, pick your storyline. I think that'd be really, really fun. But uh, I think all the important APs have been done. Not all of them, but uh, that's kind of what, what what I like to see. Um, maybe like an office game, uh, and then you can go nuts, right? Like you can pretty much do anything, Marvel, right? Like yeah, you know, it's you can do anything, Marvel. But the outside the box ones for me would be like 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 an office game, something like that. I can't think of any others right now um but that's kind of like where my mind is at if you can do like a like an office ip lego game i think that'd be fun a friend's lego game how cool would that be right you guys start off in the uh, in the coffee shop there and i don't know phoebe comes in and someone stole her guitar so you have to like go on to this uh, you got to go to like central park and all these different levels and try to find the guitar that could be one level and then the, le- the next level, you know, you can have your fun with it. That'd be, that's what I would like to see, a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Lego game. I want to see just a collection of 90s uh, uh, comedy shows, television comedy shows just turned into Lego games, you know? Fuck it. I release it as a three-pack, sell it for like thirty-nine ninety-nine, and, uh, and I'll buy it. That's how we're doing it. And at the Office is not 90s, but you get it. Question number three. Have you guys checked out The Last of Us trailer? I am cautiously optimistic that it will be very good. What do you What do you think and will there be season two? Well, it's Martin from Wisconsin. Okay, I have not checked it out. I was supposed to check it. Out. I was supposed to do my homework. I didn't for this part. So through the magic of editing, I'm going to pause this right now and I'm going to check out the uh, the trailer and I'll be back. <laughs> Frosted my door The birds in the morning don't sing anymore The grass Save who you can save Oh, please understand <laughs> Oh, man Okay, I'm in. This looks fucking bomb. This looks amazing. Oh, my goodness. It looks really, really good. Um, And it's got the little girl from Game of Thrones as Ellie, I didn't know that. Hold on a second. I got to see who plays Ellie because, yeah, I want to know her name. Ellie from, yeah, who else do this? Who's the actress? Who's the actor? Hold on. So, yeah, Elise played by uh, Isabella Mae Ramsey. That's it. I only know her from uh, Game of Thrones. She's she's tremendous in Game of Thrones. So, so right now I'm currently getting through uh, the Game of Thrones. I've kind of slowed down just because the series is like, it's losing me a little bit as I realize that it will. But I'm in season six right now, so I'm almost at the end. But uh, Bella Ramsey's in there and she plays one of the, Queens I believe for one of the uh, castles or lands or whatever but she's amazing and her scene when I saw her scene the first time that uh, that she meets Jon Snow and uh, Jon Snow's sister she is so good and captivating and the way it was written and the tone of that scene and just the way that she comes across it was so good and it's funny because they come in here and they, 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 they're almost like, they're not purposely talking down to her, but they're like, oh, you've, you've grown since the last time we saw you. And she's like, she's like, she's a kid, but she's not there for any bullshit. And she immediately like, puts them both in their place. Like, what the fuck do you want kind of thing, right? It was unbelievable. Just a great scene. I remember when you were born, my lady. You were named for my Aunt Liana. who said she was a great beauty. I'm sure you will be too. I doubt it. My mother wasn't a great beauty or any other kind of beauty. She was a great warrior, though. She died fighting for your brother, Rob. I served under your uncle at Castle Black, Lady Lyanna. He was also a great warrior and an honourable man. I was his steward. In fact, I, I... think we've had enough small talk. Why are you here? I've come with my sister to ask for House Mormont's allegiance. As far as I understand, you're a snow and Lady Sandra is a Bolton. Who's she in Lannister? I've heard conflicting reports. I did what I had to do to survive, my lady. I am a Stark. I will always be a Stark. If you say so. What you have to understand, my lady, is that... I understand that I'm responsible for Bear Island and all who live here. So why should I sacrifice one more moment life for someone else's war? And I actually rewound that scene once... No, two, three times. Because I was just like, that is such a good scene. And I was howling just because it's so funny. That they came in here and like kind of patting her on her head, and she just put them both down. It was hilarious. So uh, yeah, I didn't know that she was going to play Ellie. I had heard that she might be tied to the project, but I didn't know she was playing Ellie. So uh, trust me when I tell you, if you don't know her, she she's got the chops. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, she's going to be amazing. Um, I think it's gonna, I think it's going it to has a potential to be a really good show. This is fucking great. And uh, Pedro Pascal, I mean. Come on, that's my boy. That is my boy. Half Chilean, half Argentinian. That is uh such a such a great actor. Um he he's he's to me when it comes to like Latino actors um of of uh of like not younger because they're, they're across different ages, but like but uh but of like the current generation, the ones that we're seeing out there right now, he's awesome. I also like uh, Gael Garcia Bernal, who who is unbelievable. And I saw him in a movie called Y Bien." Tambien. If you guys haven't checked that one out, it's amazing. And he's in that one with uh, another one of my Latin favorites, Um, Diego Luna. And these are names that you guys are going to recognize, Diego Luna. So him, that guy, Pedro Pascal. And uh, there's one more that I'm forgetting, but it's going to Wikipedia real quick. And through the power of editing, you won't even know. Hold on. Michael Pena. Come on, dog. What a great time. What a great time to uh, to have all these uh, really, really amazing uh, American, uh, Latin, Mexican uh, actors just uh, just doing actual roles, you know, and not just playing the, 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 the cholos and the, uh, the Spanish gangsters, but like really breaking out and doing roles that really mean something at the end of the day. Also, End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal. And Michael Pena and Anna Kendrick, uh, fucking great film as well. So go check that out. But what do I think about the trailer? It's just a trailer. So, you know, like they did a really good job with the trailer. What I can see from the trailer, having played only the first game, um, you, we're going to see seasons. So it looks like there's fall, spring, winter. You can see that in there. Um, we're going to see the military aspect of it, right? Those, uh, you see the, the those tank looking trucks with like the metal shovels at the front with like the spray painted on. We're going to see a lot of that. Um, Ali looks great. Uh, you know, Joel looks awesome. Everything looks good. I love the, be- I love, there's a lot of behind th- them as they're going toward wherever a lot of over the shoulder camera work. It's great. I think it pays homage to the video game without it being heavy-handed. Um, so just really, really good. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty pretty much able to recognize some of the other characters that are going to be in it just by looking at them. So they've nailed that part. Um, so yes, I am thinking it's going to be very, very good. They would have to screw it up with like a really bad script or, uh, I don't know, being overhanded with current day messaging you know what i'm talking about all that bullshit representation and all that just let's just watch a good show and let's 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 celebrate it for what it is and uh i think it's gonna be a heavy heavy show for sure i think this is gonna be one of them ones where things are gonna happen i can see multiple characters this might be a spoiler alert if you've not played anything so just skip ahead 30 seconds go ahead go skip 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 I think this because I played the video games it opens up the opportunity skip it to uh, having multiple episodes here and there and with the death of a main or semi-main character. That's all I'll say. So I think it's going to be a heavy show. But man, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, now that I saw the trailer, I'm in, and uh, it should be good. And do you think there'll be season 2 Absolutely, fucking If everything's as good as the trailer, if the writing can hold up and the directing, it's going to be good. But I will say this, t- caution, Sometimes a lot of these companies will put tons and tons and tons of money into making that trailer look as good as possible just so they can bump up the viewers and the numbers and come in strong. And sometimes it's a dud, right? But uh, first impressions, it looks freaking great. So there you go. All right, let's flip over to the movie section. Movies. Hugh Jackman is going to reprise, and he might reprise too. He's going to reprise his role as Wolverine. Check this out. We had CM Punk come back into the world of pro wrestling, and now we're going to see. look into his eyes. What do you see uh, Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine? So uh, just going to quickly pause this. I'm going to check out the video with uh, Ryan Reynolds as they make the announcement. Hey, everyone. Uh, We're extremely sad to have missed D23, but we've been working very hard on the next Deadpool film for uh, a good long while now. I've had to really search my soul on this one. Uh, His first appearance in the MCU obviously needs to feel special. We need to stay true to the character, uh, find new depth, new motivation, new meaning. Every Deadpool needs to stand out and stand apart. It's been an incredible challenge that has forced me to reach down deep inside. And I have nothing. completely empty up here and terrifying but we did have one idea hey hugh you want to play wolverine one more time yeah sure ryan. yeah that's tremendous all right i just checked out the video of uh hugh jackman there, and ryan reynolds man ryan reynolds just He can't miss. Like, he's just so clever in everything that he does. So I just saw the video there. Uh, Very, very good. If you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. I'll see how long it is. Maybe I can post it up on the uh, the YouTube. But essentially, they pretty much acknowledge that uh, Logan takes place in 2029 in the story. And then they're like, uh, but then what happens is... And then <laughs> they get cut off to music, so you can't really hear what they're saying, but they're kind of explaining it with uh, with hand motions and things like that. That's really, really funny. So all to say, doesn't have to make sense. It's okay. We can enjoy this movie. So Deadpool 3, very excited about that. And that one's going to drop on September 6, 2024. So we have two years to get ready for that one. But that one should be uh, what I like to call a dandy. So that should be a dandy. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Deadpool two, Hugh Jackman is back, uh, Deadpool three rather. Hugh Jackman is back, and uh, he'll be reprising his role of Wolverine. Wow, I just heard in that little bit though nine, he's, he's, he's uh, been in nine different movies. That's incredible. I'm definitely behind. I haven't even seen Logan. I know how I know what happens, but I haven't seen Logan, so for me, it'll have be interesting to uh, check that one out. I'm gonna have to go back and uh, watch some of these um, some of these movies to catch up and uh, just get fun again. I've always been an X-Men guy more than anything else i'm I'm definitely an x-men dude so i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out i'm definitely excited for uh deadpool 3 ryan reynolds hugh jackaman september 6 2024 uh it's gonna be fucking great all right let's see what else we got here on the uh on the thingy here ryan watched deep water he'll get into that next week i'm sure game flow gta leaker arrested oh my goodness and chris's thoughts on what happened so my thoughts are really simple it's no hot take here i mean it's just unfortunate to see what happened there with the uh with the footage being released i i I think i might have said this on the podcast or to ryan in person but it's kind of like i feel like at first was like cool all this footage is coming out kind of like when CM Punk did that uh, press conference, like, oh man, that's awesome. He shot, you know, he went, he shot, he went in hard on, in the paint, and then a couple of days passed by. You are like, eh, maybe not the best thing, you know. So I think after we saw the footage, some of that footage, um, it just ended up just like, okay, maybe that wasn't the best thing because now the repercussions we haven't even felt them yet, you know. Uh, this dummy got arrested. We'll get into that on the next show. But seventeen-year-old kid from what I can tell, Cole's notes here: seventeen-year-old kid european arrested uh and you know i just hope they throw the book at him i don't know how much you can throw up i don't know what the laws are regarding uh under 18s in europe or whatever country he is in europe uh, with respect to a lot of things like that but this fucking kid should get the book thrown at him if you're smart enough intelligent enough to do something like that and then try to point the gun at rockstar to get money out of them dude you know, you deserve a slap across the face and I would have whooped your fucking ass if, uh, your, your, my parents would have whooped your fucking ass if you were their kid. So at the very least, you would have got an ass whooping. But uh, we'll have to follow along with that story. But yeah, we'll see. For me, like, I, I don't even know how much Ryan's watched, but I'm willing to bet he's watched a bunch of the footage just because it sounds like he did. For me, I saw, I've seen maybe three minutes, four minutes, and I was like, okay, whatever, it's unfinished. I don't care. I don't care. I've never been the one to stand in front of the oven and watch like my dinner like being baked or if I'm watching a cake being baked in the oven. I've never been like that. For me, when the bell goes, ding, call me when the cake's ready, I'll come cut my slice. Slice. The slice is for you. I'm eating the rest of the cake. See, now I want cake. You see what's happening here? I've never been that guy. So for me, it's like, yeah, I'll watch it when it's, when it's, when it's ready. You know, I'll watch it when it's ready. Unless it's like a sneak peek, like, Hey, here's rockstar. Here's what we're working on. Here's a one minute thing. It's fine. But once I saw like the two, three minutes and, um, specifically I saw a scene where, um, I think one of the characters was leaning out of the car and, like, shooting at stuff. You know, I think everybody's seen that one. And I just got a chance to look at all the coding that happens. And then I, got, I saw another clip where, like, the character is walking down the the sidewalk and he's interacting with, like, NPCs that are, like, not even fully realized and closed yet. And it's, for me, the fascinating part is, like, watching all the coding and, like, the different question marks that pop up, and you can kind of gather, like, this is all kind of, like, a choose-your-own-adventure thing, like, depending on what happens and what you say, you have, like, five or six different... Anyway, it's all coding, Google Gaga nonsense that doesn't make any sense to me, but... It's all in the developers' hands. Um, I do feel bad for the developers. I do like that other uh, other developers have kind of, like, stood behind Rockstar and been like, you know what? Our game didn't look amazing anyway, like, even, like, one or two years out. So what the fuck are you guys talking about? You know what I'm saying? So I do like that other companies have come and p- sort of put their hand on behind Rockstar's shoulder and been like, you know, we get it. You know, we stand with you, and it's, a, it's bullshit. Because it really is. You know, it really is. It's kind of like somebody... Um, it's kind of like somebody ruining uh, your surprise party, you know, imagine you're planning this really, really big surprise party for your best friend, right? For your best friend. And then you find out that one of your knucklehead buddies accidentally told him or her that there's a surprise party coming and there's going to be a cake and a live mariachi band. And it's like, are you a fucking dummy? Like, are you, are you dumb? As my sister likes to say, are you dumb? She says it like that. Don't tell her I made that impersonation. Are you dumb? That's how she says it, though. Um, So, yeah, no, I feel bad about that. And we'll see. Like I said, I don't think we felt the full breadth of the consequences of said leak. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens next. Um, But no, I'm not one to really dive into, you know, stuff that's not that that is not finished that's not me but i understand you know to defend ryan for a sec like he's a huge hardcore grand theft auto fan so mm, if i'm a huge hardcore fan of like pro wrestling for example so whenever like somebody goes to like wrestlemania nice and early and takes pictures of like the set like what the set's gonna look like that weekend once the show's ready to go i will sometimes go in there and take a look oh the set's gonna look awesome the set's coming along really really well because i'm a fan um, but, no, I do like the element of surprise. I do like the element of a nice presentation, a nice trailer, a nice sneak peek. So I've only seen two, three minutes, and I won't be watching anymore. Uh, this game, I'm, I, you know, I'm excited to play it, um, and uh, I can't wait till it comes out. But you know what? Now, if they need to take an extra year because they need to fix a bunch of things, if they need to rewrite a bunch of things, it's all because of this uh, whack job over in Europe. So I hope they throw the book at them. In fact, reach up, grab the whole f- Shelf and throw it down on the mother and uh hopefully that bookshelf is filled with nothing but hard covers so that's all i gotta say about that g4 situation uh g4 my goodness what a fall from grace this is the g4 network i believe there used to be a g4 network i could be wrong i believe there used to be a g4 hq here in toronto i could be wrong about that but g4 television network 15 20 years ago came back last year with like a like a lot of hype Um, Xavier Woods from WWE was in there, a bunch of other people. Uh, they were featuring like really popular, uh, YouTubers, like, um, what's that guy's name? The Completionist, right? They would feature all these different people. It was a cool show. And, uh, they also had Frost, who, uh, you know, geez, you can get into the Frost stuff pretty deep. I will say, you know, her cutting that promo about, uh, on, on, uh, during the middle of one of their streams. Really put a bad taste in people's mouth, to say the very least, and ended up driving tons and tons and tons of people away. It kind of reminds me of um, in pro wrestling, there was a night where Mankind was going to win the world title from uh, The Rock on Monday Night Raw, which is a wrestling TV show. And on the other channel, and it was a tape show, it was a tape show. On the other channel, it was competing that same night against WCW Nitro, and that show was live, that show was live, so the guy that ran WCW, this guy named Eric Bischoff, he actually instructed Tony Schiavone, who was on commentary, to actually go on the air and give out the spoilers for the Raw show. Dude, how douchey is that, right? But I'm telling you, it was a war between these companies, and so Tony Schiavone went on the air and he basically read off—he read off all the spoilers for the Raw show. And specifically with that Rock Mankind match, he said, uh, "Oh, and in the main event, uh, Mankind's going to beat The Rock for the world championship. Ha! Huh, that'll put asses in seats, bro. I forget what the exact number is, but millions of people immediately switched the channel from Nitro to WWF The Tape Show so that they could watch, uh, so they could watch Mankind win the world title for the first time." against the rock and if and it's a famous clip because the the mankind one because that crowd was so hot and uh that's the one that it's got that famous steve austin pop where they play his music steve austin comes down every every person's jumping up and down because it's literally like 10 on three uh for triple uh for uh, the rocks guys against uh, mankind and austin goes in there whacks the rock with a steel chair he puts mankind's arm over the rock. The fans are going crazy, and I believe it's Earl Hebner. I might have the referee wrong, but he does the dramatic like slow pin that they used to do in those. Th- I wish they would bring back the slow pin. And it was like one, the whole crowd is like just standing on their feet. Two, everybody's getting ready to scream. Three, the whole fucking place exploded. It was so cool, such a cool visual. And a nice little piece of trivia during this time, Triple H was with uh, DX. And so all those guys are baby faces. So in the celebration, you have DX with Triple H celebrating with mankind as The Rock, Vince McMahon, and the entire corporation look on. It's a fucking great moment. So all that bringing it back to this, um, it's definitely, you know, with the G4 thing, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's. It hasn't worked. It That that Frost commentary drove a lot of people away. And uh, and to be fair, maybe it wasn't the best-run company either. It seemed to have a little bit of an identity crisis. I think also having been a television uh, network now in 2021, 2020, 2022, trying to find its role now that you're up against streaming, you're up against YouTube, you're up against all these other things. I think it just became a really big uphill battle. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that thing is on borrow time. Frost has been released, that moron. Um, she actually, there were actually a bunch of releases from G4, I think, two or three weeks ago, like, a bunch of people got like oh like, 10, 12 people, and Frost is still on the payroll, and she actually went on Twitter, and she posted a picture saying, I survived, let's play some games, y'all, and she got that shit downvoted, and people just started burying her. I don't know if you guys know the uh, the, the YouTuber uh, Heel versus Babyface. He's this hilarious, like television and pop culture pundit. Uh, he might uh, he might even hate that name, but he does commentaries on like the state of television. He goes in deep on like Game of Thrones and things like that. He's a really really funny guy. Go check out his channel. Um, but yeah, he 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 put up a meme. <laughs> he put, he puts up memes that always get upvoted on, on idiots' uh, Twitter's like that. So that was really really funny. And then, lo and behold, Frost gets fired a couple of days after that. So, all that to say, I don't know what's going to happen to G4. Like I said, I, I think it's just on board time. People are jumping off this thing, and I think it's only a matter of time... Uh before it sinks So there you go uh, My uh, Ryan's been playing some games I won't steal his thunder He can get into it the next time we have him on the cafe I've been playing nothing guys I'm sorry I just haven't been playing anything I've just been really really busy with work And I just haven't had time to really play anything But that's okay Because this is an unorthodox episode We will get more into the video game stuff Next week But uh, as always shoot us an email Let me know what you guys are playing PodcastFresh2020 at gmail.com And I just wanted to make a little correction from the last cafe. When we were talking about the Texas Tornado, I accidentally said the Ultimate Warrior instead of Texas Tornado. No, 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 no. I meant Texas Tornado. Kerry Von Erich was the Texas Tornado in WWF. That's what I remember him as. Now, I remember the Ultimate Warrior thing that I mentioned was as a kid, I always thought that, Wow. That guy looks a lot like the Ultimate Warrior. It could be the Ultimate Warrior, but it's not the Ultimate Warrior. Especially uh, later on during one of Warrior's runs, he came in a little bit smaller. This was following the uh, steroid scandal that had happened. So all of a sudden, all these guys got fired for steroids. Uh, British Bulldog was gone. Warrior was gone. A bunch of other guys were gone. And so when Warrior came back, he came in smaller. So I always thought the smaller Warrior looked a little bit like the Texas Tornado. But then later in that same podcast, Ryan did say something along the lines of, "Who, I think he said something like Terry, um, Texas Tornado, who would eventually be the Ultimate Warrior." No, 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 he's he's not the Ultimate Warrior. He did not go on to be the Ultimate Warrior. It's just something that I said he looked like the Ultimate Warrior. So, just wanted to make that clarification. Uh, so, Kerry Von Eric was the Texas Tornado, and that's the movie that uh, that is being. Um, they're getting ready to shoot that right now. They're just filling in all the different roles. So. Looking forward to that movie, that one should be a lot of uh, fun. I think that one should do well at the festivals. I don't know if that's going to do you know, $300 million at the box office, but I don't think so. But I think that could be another one of Darren Aronofsky's little The Jewel of His Eye kind of thing. And I think that could be another good one. And I think that one should do well at the festivals. But, uh, yeah, that's the movie that they're working on right now. Um, and I think that's it. Guys, let me know what you're up to, podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. I am going to get on out of here, a bit of a shorter version of the cafe today, but I think I'm done rambling. If you want to follow us, podcastfresh on Instagram, we are also podcastfresh on the YouTube and the Facebook. So if you go on there, and I think that's going to do it for me, new wrestling um. New, the last wrestling podcast show is coming up later this week, as well as the Fresh Prince show that I'm still working on. My gosh, I just haven't been able to finish it. But more shows coming your way. Thank you, folks, for the support. We really, really do appreciate it. We do this for you guys and you guys only. And we thank you guys for the support. We thank you for the likes. Um, If you guys want to do us a huge, huge favor, wherever you download us, be it Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, that other service, if you can just go on there, just give us a like, or hit the heart, or hit the thumbs up, or whatever it is on that one, it'll really, really help us out to get this uh, podcast out to more eyeballs, more ears, and in that sense, help us out, so we can eventually, hopefully, make some money out of this bitch. Uh, But in the meantime, in the between time, as Chris Jericho likes to say, although I think that's stolen as well. uh, Thank you so much. I'm going to check on Ryan, make sure his heart's still beating. But we'll be back next week with another cafe. Until then, my name is Chris Torres. This is the Podcast Fresh Network. And we're out. And I will do the, uh, peace. Podcast Fresh.